Welcome to Work Feel the Podcast. I'm your host, Colette Hennigan, nutrition and performance coach, and co author of the book Work Fuel The Productivity Ninja's Guide to Nutrition. I'm also the founder of Optum Living, a corporate well being organization. So, this podcast is a chance to share some of the personal stories from my coaching journey in a very different format because we'll, li- we'll be listening to real life business professionals. So, people that are out there making a positive difference to their own well being and the people around them. So, rather than hearing from health experts, doctors, or athletes, this podcast is about true living proof living proof of what it takes to take care of yourself and what it looks like in the real world of work. No matter how challenging our work, social schedules, or how long those to-do lists are, we all owe it to ourselves to invest in our well-being. Sometimes the challenge is knowing where to begin, and it's very easy to put these things off to a time when maybe we have more time to do this stuff. So what I want to demonstrate is that it's not about time, it's about action and giving you some tried, tested ideas, some sharing some wisdom and inspiration from people that are probably in similar roles to you about how to create positive change for your health and well-being. This podcast is part two of a two-part series with my co-author, Graham Olcott. So hopefully you've listened to the very first part of the series. So we're going to dive back into this discussion, which is uh, all around uh, the the book Work Fuel. But specifically, this second part is actually around our first chapter within the book, the nine essentials of the Work Fuel way. So these are the principles that you can live by, not just for a day, but forever. And they're pretty simple. And we're going to talk about why we, we chose these and what kind of effect they can have on your life. So let's go back to this discussion and uh, dive right in to the nine essentials of the work fuel way. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so the first one's be a fuely. Um, and this might actually be worth saying that we definitely have. And I'd, I'd say I'm, I've kind of changed a little bit over the years, but like we have quite different approaches to food. So you're definitely a foodie. I am. And you love food. You love the presentation of it. You love savoring it and all that. Whereas I've kind of always seen food as being more like, if I could take a pill, I would mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I don't know if you said to me now, would you have the pill? I don't know that I would actually. Oh, that's, that's rev revelatory thank you for saying that because I remember our very first conversation in our coaching very early in our coaching days and you just said yeah you know this is how I think of food if you could just give me a pill and I could avoid eating and I could just go straight back to work that's what I want and I was like this is gonna be hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I think the overall idea of being a fuelie is that you can be a foodie or you can choose not to be a foodie and you don't care about food that much whatever but to sort of look through the lens as you look at food of nutrition and is this going to be good for me? Is this going to serve me? I think is it's not always the first thing that people think about with food. They think about, oh, that looks really mouthwatering or that's my favorite thing or that's going to be a nice warming comfort thing. Whereas people don't always think about, is this actually going to serve me nutritionally and give me good energy? Absolutely. I think that's a mindset. You know, you start to shift the... The, the the kind of th- all your thing all your thinking um when you think of see it through that lens um and the fact that you can all there's always a chance to make an upgrade in 
Um, and I'd, I'd like someone to challenge me on that and say, no, I was in such an airport or at such an event and there was nothing I could do because um, I'm sure I could find one. There's always some small tweak that we can make um, and make that feel just yeah, better for yeah. our brains and our bodies. Cool. Number two is lunch is not for wimps. Yeah. And this for me is something that I see so often in workplaces and especially if I'm arriving near lunchtime. Um, so many people just not taking lunch and by taking lunch, I mean, actually stopping what they're doing, getting away from their desk and sitting down with some food and intentionally and consciously eating it. And this has such, it has so much science around it as well. Um, and I think Graham, you know, from taking a break just from productivity terms, that's huge, isn't it? To step away in the middle of the day from what you're doing. For sure. You know, and I think just letting that kind of adrenal, uh, function, just relax and rest a little bit and just getting a different headspace and, and just relaxing that, that stress that is often going through our bodies, I think is a huge thing. And we also talk about the idea in the book that lunch is the most important Mm -hmm. meal, right? Yeah, and so so we 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 kind of challenge the perspective that breakfast is the most important meal, and say that that's probably likely to be the most important choice because it kind of sets the tone for the day. However, lunch um, and the way which you eat that as well, not just what you eat, is the most important meal. And we believe that that you know that is the truth for this, and the fact that so many people are missing that simple act in our our modern working lives, you know, because our kind of work goes wherever we are on our smartphone um then uh, it really is a trick that people are missing out on for all them the extra productivity brain power that they would have in the afternoon for taking that time out because uh, as you said you mentioned like the stress aspect um and uh you know the way we eat is just as important as the, the choices that we're making on the food itself our body biologically we, we actually reacts differently to the food it acts more efficiently when we're actually rested and away from the desk and so you can process it you can digest it a lot more effectively take the energy from it and the afternoon slump might be not what you ate but the way you ate it i honestly don't think i have an afternoon slump anymore like that's the thing that you know when i'm talking to people about what changes i've made and how it's impacted me I don't, you know, I probably would get to 6 or 7 p.m. before I go, oh, I'm a bit tired now. And it's just, you know, I just feel like I'm totally fueled, like all through the day. Exactly. Um, that's probably the biggest, biggest change I've had. Yeah. I mean, we're not meant to be tired in the afternoon, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, number three and number four, let's do, let's do them together. So number three is my favorite one. <laughs> um, certainly, it's my favorite image. So all of these have images in the book. And number three is don't eat food with its own jingle. (laughs) And uh, number four is probably the counterbalance to that, which is eat the rainbow. So do you you want to talk about those two? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, firstly, don't eat food with its own jingle. Uh, Just just to to put the image in your mind, in the book, we've actually got a a little crisp, a little potato crisp with a face singing into a lollipop um, about marketing kind of messages. So that screen really likes that. Um, yeah. And, uh, this really, um, my golden rule here is if a food needs a whole marketing team and a PR company to convince you to, to eat it, then it's probably a load of crap, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it's not 100% true, but it's, it's a pretty good rule to live by. And, and the more that we're kind of, um, motivated by these advertisements and the colorful wrapping and the three for two and, 
or, you know, two for one or whatever in the supermarket, we're being kind of marketed to and we're a victim of that. And these guys know what they're doing. They're clever with their tactics. And, you know, this stuff is going to be stuff that's not made from plants, but is um, made in plants. And whatever nutritional advice you want to take, we, we know that plants are good for us. Um, so to be eating more of them. Yeah. And, and this stuff tends to have long shelf lives, lots of um, additives and preservatives and, and just so different from, from real food. So, yeah, if, if it needs a marketing team to convince you to eat it, it's probably not worth eating. And I'd say uh, move on because the, the humble little carrot or broccoli or tomato doesn't have a whole kind of team trying to market them, but they have such a story to tell. And then eat the rainbow. Yeah. So then that leads on perfectly to eat the rainbow because these guys are where you should be at eating single ingredient foods, you know, things like tomato. It's only got one ingredient. It is the ingredient. And, uh, you know, the more that you can pack your plate, in fact, we suggest half of your plate be rainbow foods at every, every meal, um, the, the more vibrant and vital you will feel. Because each one of these colors has like little presence for us, um, for our brains, for our growth, for our maintenance in our bodies. And yeah, so the more color we can add, the, the, the better. Absolutely. Um, number five is label savvy. And mm. um, what I loved about this one is, um, so there's, we've, we've talked about the idea of the five ingredient rule. So when you start to see on the back of the ingredients, uh, so if you look at a box of porridge, organic porridge oats, it will say organic porridge oats. And that's the ingredients. Like there's one ingredient and that's it. Whereas lots of other breakfast cereals and other things that you look at, You'll see all of these names like ammonium sulfate and E751 and titanium dioxide and all these things that are used in foods to give it a slightly different color or to make it last longer and all this kind of stuff that is just not good for us. So being really savvy about what's in food, I think, is a huge thing. And also the thing that was probably slightly counterintuitive to me and has probably taken me a while after having worked with you, with you coaching me to kind of get over is just the idea of stop counting calories Mm -hmm. as well. I think, um, you know, when you really start to analyze it, calories are just a load of rubbish and, you know, they're not, they're a very blunt uh, instrument to try and measure anything to do with food. So once you get away from that and start to, uh, start to really look at um, eating using the work for your plate, like for me, it's quite difficult to overeat because you don't want to have, you know, tons and tons and tons of vegetables. But if you know you're eating really good stuff, then, you know, that's more important than counting calories. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, calories have, have a role. They have, but it's a very kind of arbitrary role. Um, and it doesn't tell the full picture. And, and, and there's a, there's a real simple one where you don't have to be kind of, Uh, doing that which is just the colors you know that's like counting nutrients almost and that's what we encourage you to do around the explanation about the plate that we have which is essentially distilling all of these nutritional principles into a visual um which will be on on our website and obviously in the book so please uh, take a look and uh, this just makes it really easy to visualize uh what what it should look like versus having to you know, measure all of these calories. Um, and do you remember what calorie actually um, is, Graham? So a cal- So my memory of it is that a calorie is 
the amount of energy that it takes to heat up a certain unit of water by one degree. That's it. Is Spot that right? on. There you go. Congrats. Look at that. A star student. This is where I. This is where I'm going to really struggle in all of the media <laughs> for this book, because my brain does not retain like statistics and you know, really solid piece of information like that. I'm bad enough with the Productivity Ninja book, which I've been talking about for five years, right? So, like, so I'm kind of really dreading being put on the spot by interviewers and them asking me those kind of questions. So I'm quite pleased I did that one okay. Yeah, you pass the flying <laughs> colours, yeah. Yeah, well, you think about, the, you know, a unit of water by a single degree, and I think anyone would agree that we're a bit more complex than that. So we need to be a bit yeah, more clever and savvy than that. So, yeah, so, so stock count calories was definitely... Uh, a key key ethos within being label savvy i guess the next two we've kind of done right so ninja preparedness we've talked about and um we we've talked a bit about choosing consistency over intensity and not going for the sort of uh the sort of fad diets and the flashy stuff but just doing the simple things consistently and well yeah and the ninja the ninja prepare just just to remind anyone is just that kind of you eat good food if you have good food in your fridge you know and um, not be spending our willpower at home. So if you've got good stuff there, you're going to eat it equally. Both Graham and I know that if we've got biscuits in the cupboard, we're going to eat that too. So um, do yourself a favour. Don't bring them in because they're going to be at the service station when you fill up the car. They're going to be at the train station when you've got a train delay or the airport. And these are all the times when... um, you know, maybe we can't combat that willpower, but at least when we're in our little sanctuary, our homes, the good stuff is there ready to feed us and make us feel a whole lot better. That was a thing that really transformed things for me as well. The don't use your willpower at home thing. And we've got a whole chapter in the book that talks about habits and how to build good habits and, you know, looking not just at the sort of nutritional information here, but like, how can you turn that into something that you're going to make a really sustainable ongoing habit? Mm -hmm. And I remember when you said that to me, it was like, it's so obvious because I've done loads of work on, um, uh, you know, Roy Baumeister's stuff around willpower be- being a depleting resource and basically self-control being a muscle and and all these things. And so there's some of the references to that in this book as well. But when you know that you have a depleting level of that resource of willpower every day, which we all have, and we're all making tons and tons of decisions every day that lead to decision fatigue, then it really makes sense to to really focus on not using up that willpower at home, keeping your home as a sanctuary that supports you to make really good decisions. And also, if you do have bad stuff at home, then, you know, don't have it in the path of least resi- resistance. So don't have the, the biscuits right next to where you make a cup of tea, for example, like really thinking about just how you support those kind of uh, almost unconscious choices and just habitual uh you know sort of movements towards the cupboard just because you happen to be there making a cup of tea and all those kind of things the non-deliberate acts yeah yeah absolutely absolutely. and and i think this transpires into business too and it's like the the kind of obama thing where he had just um, one suit that he bought kind of 10 of or you know and and the same shirt and a few a few ties that he just kind of every single morning would not have to make a choice about what he's wearing and i think also um uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook does the same thing. He just wears the same white t-shirt and same jeans because we've got so many decisions to make all day 
that it's just kind of about simplifying some of the things that you have to do each day. And obviously we have to eat every morning. We have to eat when we come in from work. And, and, and so how can we kind of make that easier for ourselves? Yeah. Um, so Steve Jobs did that as well. And um, I found out recently, it actually goes back to Einstein was one of the first people right. that, that did this, where he would only have the same kind of jeans and the same kind of shirts and all this stuff. And someone asked him, you know, is it not boring to just have all the same things in your wardrobe rather than having, you know, different different stuff to choose from? And why do you do that? And he said, I do this because I want to avoid option paralysis. <laughs> I just love that phrase, option paralysis. Yeah, really cool. and there is a bit of that, isn't there, with, with food as well. So. For sure. Okay, so we've got two more. We've got two more. Um, think neutral before beautiful. Mm, yeah, and... Uh, the kind of meaning behind that is that your food is your fuel and uh, we all need to eat. That's, you know, goes without saying, and it doesn't need to be on Instagram. So it doesn't need to be on Instagram. You, you're not um, always competing for the best looking meal competition. Um, you know, and sometimes I think the, uh, the, you know, the best nutrition can be quite messy. And I talk about in that, sort of little bit of the chapter about sometimes I make veggie curries that just look disgusting like they look a bit brown or whatever but it's just food that I'm eating and it doesn't need to be on Instagram and it's giving me massive bang for my buck nutrition and I would much rather have you know more veggies in there more good ingredients in there you know I throw things like flaxseed into into curries and stuff like that and it's just like I'd rather have you know, really strong nutrition, then it look amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think you said to me that after, you know, the, the sort of later images that I would send you on WhatsApp when you were coaching me, I was spending more time and attention on presentation than I was at the beginning. And so you kind of felt like I was starting to to sort of recognize that presentation as well. But it's but at the same time it's not it's not vital every meal, right? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your starting point. And it did. You're, you, I mean, I, I still have all the photographs from those original, um, you know, WhatsApps that we had, which showed the building of them. Yeah. And so I think I remember like the first page, you know, the first few pictures were just kind of, it was thrown on the plate. And then, and then as it kind of evolved, uh, you know, it was kind of placed more and mm. maybe the colors were separated out. So you got even more <laughs> of a hit and I was thinking, Oh, I see. I see what's going on. Nice. Um, yes, but that doesn't have to be our starting point. Um, and that may come, it may not, but ultimately your slightly smashed up avocado because you couldn't get it out of the skin on your salad is going to be just as neutral as the perfectly sliced one that, you know, God knows how they create these art pieces of artwork out of an avocado on Instagram. Um, it's going to just taste the same. And so, you know, there really is uh, just start doing it. Don't worry about that. And it may come anyway. Absolutely. And the last one is um, an old favorite if you've read Productivity Ninja, human, not superhero. And I feel like seeing as you tested me on uh, the calorie thing earlier, (laughs) I should test you to articulate human, not superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we are are all humans, um, but we maybe have the potential to appear like superhumans if we're doing some of this stuff. Um, you know, cause we have all of this great skill and, uh, we kind of presenting the energy, maybe coming in into the office now is some next overs from, from the day before. Um, but 
ultimately it's just like forgiving yourself and when things do derail you know it just doesn't go quite to plan that day just going okay all right so what can I have for dinner you know what's next and just being able to leave that behind and not beating ourselves up about it and um and really helping ourselves to uh to move on from it um and the other thing about human not superhero is kind of um kind of coming down to this internal battle that we sometimes face um you know where we have a an angel uh, on one shoulder i think you said and a devil on the other yeah and uh you said it you see it as like the lazy scatterbrained you and the clever motivated you exactly um yeah and 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 they're both you and uh you know just being able to recognize that and giving yourself you know employing some of these these points we've made are going to help that scatterbrain put one um because uh, the clever motivated one's got it down pat already but you know there's also another side of all of us which is that lazy scatterbrain one um that we can just help along the way and keep uh, within the lines or you know at least on the right light lines um when we are tired and, and don't have the the willpower does that sum it up yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah well well done <laughs> and i think um with uh, the lazy scatterbrain you versus the clever motivated you thing i think you know if i often look at it when i go down the supermarket aisle that has the biscuits if i just keep walking i feel like that's the clever motivated me make, making one decision once and it saves the lazy scatterbrain me just having loads of biscuits in the fridge in the cupboard that i'm gonna just consume over the next few days or whatever right so just that one decision once is often the knockout punch yeah whereas the lazy scatterbrained you is often the kind of bad habits that will just keep just jab jab jabbing away and you know it'll win the battle if you um if you don't uh, really sort of take control every now and again yeah so making the most of when you've got that that clever motivated you going on yeah um, we're just over the hour mark, Great. so um, we should probably uh, wrap up. Absolutely, yes, yeah. So let's let's bring it to a close. Um, and I think really just uh, to say at the end of here is that uh, the approach is an approach. It isn't a cookbook. It isn't a diet plan, but it is about you know bringing more zest and vitality to, to your life by doing these small things every day. And I'm really excited about what it can bring to people, and will be so so. Uh, kind of delighted to just kind of see people using this yeah and yeah just to add to that i think it's um I, I think there's so much wisdom and advice packed into you know what is the, the same price as two or three coffees depending on where you live basically and so i think being able to access that i'm, I'm just really excited about how accessible we're making that and i think i you know, obviously I had the budget myself to be able to do one-to-one coaching with Colette and maybe for a lot of people they can access a nutritionist, but for a lot of people who can't, I think it's just, it's really amazing to just get this into people's hands. And like you say, um, it's not a diet book. It's not, it's not a kind of one size fits all plan, but it's giving you the tools to make better decisions, be label savvy and kind of change the way you think about food. So really excited to get it into people's hands. Yeah. And before we close, actually, I want to just ask you, just as a a final comment, what is your one thing, you know, your one thing that's like the biggest work fuel go-to for for Graham that's made the difference that you now just don't negotiate on, you know, it's non-negotiable for you? Well, the big thing that's non-negotiable now that I definitely would have been more flexible with in the past is probably breakfast. And so starting the Mm -hmm. day by setting the scene and having a really good uh, breakfast routine 
um for me that was that was i could easily fly out the door and go to london on the train on an empty stomach before and now i just don't and Mm -hmm. a lot of my days are you know eggs and toast or avocado on toast and a lot of my days are porridge you know i'm eating really good breakfast as well but i think for me that's the most important thing is is just starting the day setting the scene uh, in that kind of way because i know that if i have a really good breakfast i'm going to have a really good lunch and eat well the rest of the day too perfect what about you with the same question yeah so again being human uh, no no nutritional knowledge can can kind of combat that lazy scatterbrained me um and so the thing for me is being prepared and the the mantra that i say to a lot of people which i said to you was if you you eat good food if you've got good food in the fridge in the cupboard um on the shelf in the fruit bowl um is one that i live by and that's probably one of my guiding principles and everything that i do because just like everybody else i am I will eat that stuff if it's there and I'm feeling, you know, uh, that, that lazy scatterbrain tired me and, uh, I, I will just go and eat it. Whereas if there's instead there's an apple with, with some peanut butter or a bag of walnuts, I'll eat those too. So, mm. you know, it just kind of helps keep me on the right road too. Um, yeah, as nutritionists are human too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been great hanging out and um, yeah, just really excited to get this book into people's hands and uh, all of that. Do you want to just give all the details of how they can find us and how they can find out more? Yeah. So obviously we have the Work Fuel podcast. This is our first episode. We have the Work Fuel website, which is workfuel.ninja. So www.workfuel.ninja, where we will be sharing some of the extracts from the book and some um, useful PDFs. And obviously please buy the book, you know, and it's on Amazon. It's also on Hive too. So this is where it will then be sourced from some local booksellers and uh yeah we would uh, love to hear from you i mean there's also an option to comment on this and give us your feedback too cool and we're we're told and we're hoping that it will be in all good bookshops as well so if you find a bookshop that it's not stocked in then go and order it from there because that tends to be the trigger that means they start ordering it in but we're, we're told it sh- you should be able to find it in any bookshop as well oh yeah of course <laughs> of course yeah you know the old-fashioned route <laughs> so yeah please stop by workfuel.ninja and and drop us some comments there's also uh, the next phase of work fuel that's going to be going on there um so you'll see that as it evolves which is bringing work fuel to life into people's workplaces and we're just starting our first few projects on that so it's going to get even more interested graham certainly is Yes, it's been great hanging out and let's make this a bestseller and get it onto the bestseller lists as soon as we can. Well, that's definitely the goal. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found this useful, relevant and inspiring. Please leave a comment and do share this with someone that you think may benefit from this episode's personal story. Tune in again soon for tried and tested work fuel ideas that will improve your performance, resilience and energy. Many thanks. This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com.